Welcome back to Deconstruct. This is part four of four of my ongoing conversation with a few people who helped create a countercultural scene of artists, musicians, and creatives in and around the Portland area in the early 90s. They're all listed out at MikeyBridges.com. Let's go back in and wrap it up. Oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> it all comes back to roll. And I want, if the other one can go to Bobby, that would be Here, great. Bobby, have a thing with a okay. I think a band is fine. You guys just formed a band. Yeah, there's a band now. So, uh, as you guys are growing, you guys are younger, right? Oh, way younger than way you. Younger. <laughs> much younger. We're much yeah. younger. And what about Randy Simonotti? He's he's like 15 years old. Dude, he me. was old at the beginning. He's yeah. 75 years old right now. Did you know that? Uh, so, the scene is popping up. You said you were out seeing bands in your own... You know, you're in Portland. You're seeing these bands. You're, you said your face is peeled back. You're yeah, like, yeah. oh my gosh, this is the thing. Roy, Bobby, you guys are already in bands doing stuff. Was it ever something where you're just like, oh my gosh, I've just, I, I, we, we have to go farther and push this. We got to get signed. We've got to be motivated to go farther. I was always motivated, motivated to go farther i wanted to be signed and then there was something else and something else did you guys feel like oh these guys are doing it we can do it we want to go do it or was it just like oh we're just having fun screw it i mean, I mean it, it seemed accessible like like the the scene was was there it was it's kind of crazy because at the time you could throw a band together and there'd be 200 people at a show that just isn't this, the when? Because I wanted those shows. <laughs> what was <Well>. that? <laughs> Who was paying? <laughs> it's like the fish. The fish keeps growing over time. Yeah, the crowd oh, yeah, size yeah. grows exactly. over Every the years. Sold out. Like, no, no. They, I mean, we had some big shows. That there was, was a built-in crowd, though. That, that's there was, not the yeah. case anymore. There right? Was. right? Yeah, yeah. No, you're wrong. You're, you're wrong. There was. There was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I'm, took the I'm, microphone I'm, I'm, from I just Roy. went to the bathroom and I'm back. So <laughs> uh, hey, so but I gotta say, but I mean, like, you, you know, again, again, having knowing knowing how knowing how big crowds are and being able to scan a room and knowing how much they're, which I was, still can't do. I can scan a room and say, okay, there's 80 people here, or you know, and somebody's like, oh, there's 250 people here, whatever. I know that that at at the where we we're talking about the push. I'm assuming. But we're not supposed to be yet. Yeah, but anyway, Time so but, but, but I'm just saying. But as far as these shows were going, that there was there there were like even, I remember even like poetry shows. We would have 50 people. Yeah, there would be a bunch of people. I mean, there, yeah, poetry <laughs> nights. There would be like, you know, only the only time I ever thought that we 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 canceled the show because we did like a disco dance night. And Ben Abilene showed up in all like <laughs> 70s gear, and we're like, dude, we have to shut the show down. No one's showing up. He's like, what? He was so mad. But, but yeah, there was, there definitely was a built in audience, even just like local bands. I mean, that, because it's like, what else was there to do? And what the genius, the genius thing, I think that, that Mike, there was a to ton it, to do. But there, but there was, the no, 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 there no, was yeah. not a ton, ton to do. Yeah, no, no you're wrong. So, but, but, <laughs> but, yeah. So again, from Ventura, maybe it was a ton to do. In Portland, there was nothing to do. Yeah. Uh, so you. So, but the idea of of getting a, 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 a an address list so that kids would get a, a a flyer in their mail that they would then just put I don't know in their room on their wall or on whatever. Refrigerator. Yeah, on the refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. They would not. They would. It was like they were looking forward to that, and I think that's something. That's. A, I mean. Like I, every, every, there's so many things going on in any given time now. That's like I, I could care less. And my kids are like, they're only going to the shows that are their exact, the exact artists they want to see. But but there, when they when they got something in the mail, it was something special. Yeah. And I think that that was. Did you get that in the mail? Yeah. Don't Did forget you? R I Y L. Don't do you remember that? Oh right. yeah, yeah. If you like, like yeah. If, if if you like Built to Spill, if you like Fugazi, yeah. Yeah. Here's this other band that does the same thing. Like the right. Did I send those out? No, 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 no. But it was in every Christian bookstore. Yes, yes it was. It was. Yeah. But for shows wise, what I'm—that's what I'm speaking more about—is shows wise. Like, you guys are the, the younger ones that are coming up. There's a there's a scene coming. You you you're you're basically part of it. So yeah. what what's motivating you, pushing you to go farther? What is the what's the end goal? For me, there was an end goal. 
I wanted to do something. What was it for you guys being I mean, I involved think, in I think, it? I think we all wanted to be signed, but like Aaron's saying about being famous, you know, we all wanted to like... It, because I came up in the scene. I don't like, think Bobby wanted to be famous. Well, he's the only one that didn't. Right? <laughs> I did. <laughs> and, and good enough, he should have been famous, right? But like, like being a spectator and then op- having the opportunity to like, well, we can throw a band together and open. Like, I can't think of how many times we opened. I think you still gave us an amazing uh, first TomFest slot because Ben had tried out for the band and, did, and didn't make it. You gave us a good spot. It's because Aaron. Well, okay, because it was so. Forget Ben. Screw Ben. It's all about Aaron, Aaron, probably, because you guys are smelly. And 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 that's that's the other thing is the festival was a huge part of it too because like you could get. We're not there yet. No one knows about the festival on the podcast. I'll be going there about that. You just screwed up. What? Oh gosh, we weren't at the festival yet. Okay, there's no festival. We weren't supposed to be at the club yet. Everybody gets their turn in Sapo. Don't forget that part. No, we're not supposed to see the S word. I think Bobby needs to talk. Well, I think there's a couple of things that, as I'm listening to your podcast from before, and and as I'm listening to this talk right now. There's obviously a business aspect of this whole thing, and there were certain things that were happening at the time that really accumulated together to make things work. And 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 Mikey talks about like, you know, when when he uh, was working at the club that he had put together at the same time in Vancouver, there was Club Rev, but Club Rev yeah. was a Friday night youth group activity. That <laughs> no 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 for real, yeah. it was their Friday night after the football games. When all the high schools finish their football games at like 10 o'clock at night, you come over here, we're going to have a band, and then they had some worship time. And that was their youth group was actually what that gig was. There were some cool nights there. No, no, but they had some great bands, and there was good <laughs> things. And uh, and then at the same time, the chorale was, was starting out. Club Rev was Friday nights. The chorale was Saturday nights. And, and what happened is that the chorale, when they opened up, they were trying to do one band a month, and they had put a budget together to do one band a month. And the rest of the time, it was like Roy the DJ, which was so good. So that, you know, that obviously was the thing. But I was going to, I went to opening night um, at, the, at the Connection. I was there for both Friday and Saturday. Really? I really was. Me and my friend uh, oh my Craig, gosh. Lord Alvin. Uh, Lord Alvin yes, and, uh, and John Bradley, they took me over there. Hey, you got to check this thing out because they got in. So I was there That's opening when I night. Went. That's when I first went. Yeah, opening night. But I was, So you did the Friday night. I remember night, meeting Craig and Sherry Saturday. for sure. Craig and Bradley, I remember and, and I don't remember if it was that night or one of the subsequent nights uh, the fodder was playing. Yeah. And I, I was talking with Christy and, and Leon mm-hmm. and stuff. And I was just like, wow, you guys, this is really amazing what you guys are doing. And we, we started talking finances because I wanted to get them in at the corral because I thought this is happening. And the they the place. The thing is that they did not so have good. the same <laughs> idea of what to That's charge good. a club to, to, to do what they That's did good. as the other, we're going to call them CCM bands that were playing at the time. So I could literally book. Uh, they would even play for free, which was like, right. what? Yeah. This is unheard of at the time. So you've got Club Rev, you've got the Corral, and, and you've got the Connection, all venues that are open and available to all of these bands. So Mine was it, cooler. <laughs> but here's the thing. Yours was cooler, and that's not the point. The point is... And, that's and the point, had, right. <laughs> the point is... Was I am mistaken. Thank I'm you. Just kidding. No, but if you look across the U.S., what was going on in the U.S. at the time, in each area there might be one church, hey, once a quarter or once a year we'll have some band come through and they'll do a thing. We had this, like, you know, multiple Friday night things happening. Right. You could go here or right. there. Saturday night you could go here or there. And it was really hard. Now we had to start choosing where you, we were going to go. But do you remember the thing that they had between Vancouver and Portland? People from Portland would not go to Vancouver. Oh, yeah. Yeah. People from Vancouver would come to Portland. Oh, yeah. Was that a thing? Uh, you know, and that, and that was some of it. Uh, a, a lot of people, like, where Bobby and I were hanging out with, they would drive anywhere to see this. They just didn't know where to go. Hmm. You know, so uh, a lot of people from Vancouver didn't want to 
cross that terrible bridge and go, oh, Oregon is so terrible. You don't want to go over there. <laughs> They're right. You know? <laughs> it's worse now. But, but I think, you know, having the accessibility of these places, you know, where, you know, hey, now we need more bands because we've got all of these places. And then you still got your one-offs out in Banks, Oregon. That's where Oh, remember? Banks, that show. show, remember? Yeah, no. Oh, my and, gosh, and like, yeah. And you talk about, like, you know, the, there was originally like the we'd done shows upstairs in Arlita, and that was the show that we played with the clergy with my band. That was like, oh no! But then <laughs> you had started doing this thing downstairs, and it was originally the cellar. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. We're getting but there. The point is the that eventually, eventually there became more places, but more places needs more bands. You know, so it wasn't like, you know, if you did start a band and Mark. Uh, where's Mark at? You might remember when you guys were doing your thing. What you could play once a month, you know. There, there wasn't, you know, in a, in a Christian venue, right? You know, if right. you played secular venues, you played the bar scene, right? You know, you got to play more, but not very many ch churches were into Christian music at that point. Alternative Christian music, yeah, at the no, point. yeah, no. But but we were pushing these venues forward into this because it what was it what it's what was happening in the mainstream anyway. Uh, it was definitely being allowed because we were just doing whatever we wanted. We were young and had lots of energy and just, oh, these kids, uh, just let them do their thing, you know, and, that, and that's what really Do you think it's because it. we brought a whole bunch of our friends or is it because we were just, you know, I think easy you attracted, for them? You low, attracted a lot. Low-hanging low fruit for them or were we, oh, this is a viable thing because it doesn't matter that they're Christian, they're bringing all their friends. I also, I also think too, like in Seattle, I, I actually went to a couple of open mics. We're not and in I just, Seattle yet. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, oh gosh. We, but in Seattle, around that same time, though, I was I was frequenting like open mics and stuff, and and um, when I just sat down and, and did an open mic and just was singing some songs, the the just the approach of of just singing something from your heart in that kind of setting was they're like how, where did you come up with this the this song you know you're you're actually not you're not singing like a pop song here you're actually singing from your heart even the the genre itself lent itself it's, it seems to a to a more of a again like a like a realness that was refreshing to people at that time and i think that 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 was part of it too is that you know that the, there was a, a sense that they were losing the young people that they were trying to minister to or they were trying to connect with and they saw this new uh way of expressing that was um that felt that did f feel new for them and i and i think they couldn't deny it and that was I it's think interesting that that's a subtext because it, it also i i find it in most things because they find whoever it is finds an ideal or a way to do things and they try their best and they do those things but somebody else comes along and says i have a new way to do these things and this is going to be the way and it, and it is it it, it it, it, the the people at the corral were awesome because they let us come and do what we did but they were you know they were they were going out and new people were coming in with a a fresher way to get to the subtext because we as kids i mean we're we're all sitting around making bands and shit and we're we have a club we have a place to come together you know like this is our place and at that point i don't know that I don't, maybe I, I'm, I'm speaking for me. I didn't look at the subtext. Mm. I didn't look at the authenticity as much as I did. This is a gathering place for our family. At least we have a place for our family. So let's get to that first. I was going to say, which is exactly why you and Todd were brought together is because you don't get it. I don't feel anything. And, and he, he does. gets it. <laughs> no, but like you've yeah, got we were, this yeah, thing happening totally. and he's got this thing and it was a perfect match. Him and I were, it was we really were good. yin and yang. Yeah, for sure. Because I have no feelings and he does. And I'm a thinker and you're a feeler. <laughs> and that's the way it goes. But we did a lot. We did, we're not there yet. Don't go there yet. No, don't. Just stop talking for a second. Here's the bit. Todd and I will have an episode it. later about all this shit we did together, which was a lot. But, uh, and hopefully, a lot of you guys got to go to some of that stuff and have fun there. Roy and everybody else here was involved in some way or another and doing some things. So I really appreciate everybody. It wasn't just one person. But we have a whole thing that you and I need to go do on our own. Oh, wow. Uh, well, that's, I mean, it's a lot. There's a lot there. But back to you guys. 
I'm trying to go back to these now. <laughs> Without the feeling part of it, man. Todd, jeez. So for you guys, though, as we're growing the scene, you're seeing that things are happening. Is that an inspiration for you to go out and do more? These guys are getting signed. What, we, we can get signed. Well, yeah, I think it seems accessible to everybody. Like there's, there's the, and there's the different levels. So like you, do you get signed to Tooth and Nail? Do you get, you know, um, then there's the scraps of organic and stuff, you know. Like Come on. They paid me more than Tooth and Nail ever did. I'll tell you that much. Woo. I got way more money from those guys. <laughs> tour support. I got like there was no. They tour bought support. me equipment. I, I vaguely, I very distinctly I, I, I remember. Have the, I have, I have the receipts. So. Dude, yeah. I, yeah. from organic, I got. You, you will not get any more merch. Nope. <laughs> Good luck, guys. They they paid they paid me to get clothes, equipment, and some other stuff, and then put why us did on you tour. So, so they provided the overall budget. It was great. I loved organic. And it, uh, Katy Perry was on her label, so, you know, fuck you guys. <laughs> Why aren't you playing a Super Bowl? Are you just tracking which bands are doing well? Are you just being invited, Bobby? Are you, are you just uh, along for the ride? Probably more along for the ride, I guess. Mm. Um, I, I was certainly plugged into the scene and, and knew a lot of people and um, watched some uh you know meteors rise that's for sure and and that was you know you you had asked like what was the motivation and for me like the thing was the pinnacle would have been to be in a band that was on broken or blonde vinyl or something like that and have other kids you know reading liner notes of something that that i was involved with but and you did that yeah Uh, several times a few times you did that few times is that cool for you do you do you look back and go god i did i I was that kid and then that there were kids that did that for my stuff i don't know if there were kids who did that for my stuff there were given the well okay yeah maybe i don't know but uh i don't know i mean once you once you do it it's I don't know. I'm, a, I'm just like a, a trees guy, not a forest guy. So I'm just like, I got to get in the van and go to the next gig. Right. You know, that that's that's me, unfortunately. So I don't know. I'm amazed that people have like put so much thought into things and found the subtext. I'm the sorry. Stuff goes to me. That's just that, that that's not where my brain generally goes. But, you know, I accomplished everything that I could have hoped for. Great. I guess. That's great. Except that I wasn't able to make a, a living. <laughs> yeah. But you got to go yeah. and do a lot of yeah, stuff. I got to do just about everything that I wanted to. I didn't get to do as much of it as I would have liked to do. But. I feel bad because the rest of you guys, even monks and, and you know my other bands and stuff like that, probably don't get the emails that I do. And there are a lot of people all the time that write me and say I was influenced by this record or whatever and I certainly know it wasn't me it was you guys and what you guys uh, made musically maybe I brought something to that but musically people are like oh my gosh I did this because of this and I want you to know that I've got those those letters I can show you lots and lots of them you've been an influence on a lot of people in a lot of ways so I appreciate that. Oh, that is just an ugly light. Wow. Yeah, that's just a terrible. Like we shouldn't turn turn that light on. <laughs> that's the light when everybody goes home, man. It's yeah, like, yeah. Hey, you don't got to stay here, but you got to go over. home. Well, Party is over. That's the ugly light. I want you to know that, Bobby, like, that you, you have influenced a ton of people. And it, like ben, ben is sitting right next to you, and he said he watched you play music, so. That's well, the whole thing. Yeah. Well, well and Ben and I. Still going back and listening to it now, even. I can. But Ben, Ben and you, what? Oh well, uh, Ben was, Ben and I played together in the last actual band I played in. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, Briefly. is our spider web of Portland is just a prolific amount of bands that have played and and been in other people's bands, right? I mean, it's all incestuous. I mean, our, our little is. scene is. But but I think what you were just saying, like we got to do what. I don't know if it's like this for a lot of other people, but like we signed maybe not joke autographs, but we signed, we, we did that Canadian tour and, and kids came up and asked us for our autographs. And it's like at the time, like 
the forest and tree stuff like I, I was just in the moment you, you wanted to be signed but but on tour and stuff like it was we got to experience so many things that i don't think a lot of people that have done the grind and done what we we did in other avenues got to experience you know like uh i don't know i mean e even our our jokes about tour support and stuff and like running out of t-shirts and not getting any more <laughs> but we were still we, we were on tour we were in buses and yeah. uh yeah. i i still i i get paid i i i've I've not quite made as much musically as as I do at my day job, but I still make a ton of money playing music. Great. I'm still a pro musician, uh, but the experiences I have, it's funny how like people in th that I get to play with, like they don't have the experience of people singing your lyrics and knowing your songs mm. that happened in the scene. That happened in the scene, and then we took it on the road, and people on the road knew our stuff. I mean, that's just that's at great. the time you don't appreciate it, you don't realize it, and it's not you know it's like you know, in our rocking chairs on our porch, looking back through SoundCloud or through whatever, like, like listening back and stuff. There's some, some crazy stuff that we got to be a part of that, uh, th that is pretty impressive that a lot of people, I don't know that everybody that tried to do music in the nineties got to experience. Nor do I think that people that were involved with those things understand the influence they had on people after them. I don't know that we, as you, you don't know as, as a musician, what kind of influence you've had. I, I don't imagine Todd would know, or the guys from Pep Squad, or anybody sitting here would know really what they've accomplished with people until you start getting uh, these emails back of people that have, you know, their lives have changed or whatever, and you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, this is... And the other, the other thing is uh, me being, uh, I, I was that kid for someone else, right? Right. I loved Undercover, Alter Boys, and all these guys. I mean, I, I'm still just, you know. There's a generational quality to it, right? Like, right. Like, because I remember, like, I think the band that I was playing in before, Aaron, with, before I played with Aaron, uh, our first show at the Corral, it was funny. You took us outside, and I don't even, I mean, it was funny because, like, did I take you outside or did, did you took us did outside? I make and you were you like, go no, outside? no, no, let you me get, talk to you guys. It's kind of like let me the, tell you what's going on. No, it was like the theater equivalent of notes. Like you said, <laughs> and, and I'll never forget <laughs> this because you were like I'm drummer feedback. Well, it's part asshole, but it's like drummer feedback, guitar player feedback. And then you look at me and you're like, bass player, you, you're trying some interesting things. And like I took that. <laughs> I was like, "Did you write that down?" No, I didn't write it down. But I was you like, "Okay, not down. good enough. You know, not good enough for Mikey." <laughs> oh my gosh, what but, an asshole! No, no, I mean, but I tried harder on the next record. You know, yeah, really. But there's a there's a sense of like, there's the people we looked up to, and and just to even get the show at the corral was like was 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 a level, and then you establish yourself there, and then there's the next level and the next level, and then. Uh, you know, Roy calls you like, hey, Chevelle's having some brother issues. Maybe you could do this show, you know, like this, this tour with them, you know, like. Right. It, it almost it, happened. It is. It is incestuous like that. Yeah, and there was a Kenny Rogers gig and I'm still pissed about not getting that gig, but whatever. <laughs> it, it happens. Yeah. So, Bobby, since you're so quiet, I'm really I'm just I, I love that you're here. I really do. I mean, you're you, you've been amazing to, to me. Uh, <laughs> Skull. Well, in Denmark oh. we say skull. In Denmark Actually, they say skull. All the Scandinavian Thank you very much. It's Norway. good to be here. North Wherever you are in Scandinavia, With the bands that you guys were both in, permanent house guests and all that kind of stuff, what bands did the, that uh, I don't know birth in our scene? You had a couple. And I have to go pee again. But you have a couple. Are you talking bands that came directly I'm out? I'm 50. Of it? I'm a grandpa. I don't. I don't know. I mean, there was Super Chrome and the Barneys. You know. Yeah. But I, I mean, I think you know, even you know, bigger than that. I mean, I I got to go do some cool things in the industry, but it's like what these guys were saying. You know, they're talking me up. You know, and like the bands are coming in. Oh, you got to hear your monitors and stuff, dude. That helps me. That totally helps me. Yeah, no, that totally helps me. And then, and then we move on, and it's like, dude, I still have a career in this business. You know, I I got to be to work at 5 a.m. tomorrow morning, but I'm doing it. You know, like it sucks. I have to get up at 3:45. So, you know, I'm pretty excited about that. But um, but no, and then like you know, Lord Alvin, he just won a Grammy last year. You know, he was the bass player in the band. So, you know, I mean, there's there's things like that that like, you know, the band itself musically. 
you know, and, and Eric's now in L.A. and he's trying to acting and things. Yeah. He's still got musical things he does and stuff, and that's great. Hey, so since uh, since Craig won that Grammy, does that mean that we can call Casey Musgraves a product of permanent house guest? <laughs> I well, he was he was on a. Uh, so it's funny because I I I'm listening to all of these podcasts right now. And I'm, I'm listening to Mikey's and just like, oh, my gosh, I remember that. And like all these memories. And Craig was just on a podcast that uh, they, they talked to. Uh, it's really nerdy. It's really nerdy podcast. Just engineers talking about engineering and things like that. And uh, he talks about some of the gear he has. And I'm like, dude, I was there when you got that. Like, you know, so it's like back in the day, you know, it's like. It, yeah. So so even though like directly i don't i don't know that that's the case but i mean you know definitely we all learned together there was a lot of things that that craig and i learned at the same time that that um you know i'm sure he uses i'm sure i use some of the stuff that we learned together so house guys was the only band that i was part of forming after that i was just pulled into everybody else's band so, so. here's the story of of bobby with with mikey Seedham. so we actually uh disbanded uh, for the first time when Craig quit and we we're like, Oh, to get well, married, to get married. get married, to get married. Yeah, no, no. But like the, the band lasted what nine months or something like that. And in, in real life. And, uh, Aaron was over at, at the house, uh, where, uh, Kevin, a guitar player, Kevin from sometimes Sunday lived and whatnot. And Mikey's trying to form a band. And I had this little like 13 inch TV with a VCR thing. And we're watching the show no, we're watching we're watching the Elisha's Bones. The, yeah, Elisha's Bones. Elisha's Bones yeah, yeah. and Permanent Houseguest show. And we're watching it on a VHS tape. And Mikey comes walking through. And he could care less about whatever's happening. And he looks and he goes, who's that drummer? I, I need to, Who is that guy? And that's that's where he saw you for the first time was on a video. His other that. reaction was, is that Craig? <laughs> <laughs> Craig's playing in a band? Just funny. I just remember that he'll he'll hear this on the podcast later. Speaking of things you'll hear on the podcast later, I need to tell you, thank you, Mikey, for believing in me and letting me be part of your world because uh, all of my career and everything that I've been doing is because you believed in me and you're like you brought me along with your journey. Okay, he's here now, so thanks. He can hear that later. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Your microphone's still on. It along is. That same, I was really along, quiet. Along the same really lines, though, that the, the only other time where uh, somebody from California came into Portland uh, to kind of show people what how to how to make music work, you know, for themselves or whatever, and uh, was uh, Art Alexakis from Everclear and. As far as being a part of the Portland scene, he, I hated uh, that guy. Yeah, that guy, that guy, <laughs> and, and, and there literally was a, a just, just like you don't want to be like Art Alexakis, you know, and and basically he's from Santa Monica, or and, something, and, and yeah, and basically just glean anything you want from a yeah. scene and then just make up money off of it. I don't feel like that was what you were after ever, you know, and and I feel like. There's there's a real insular there's a real insular uh, like I don't know what like a small very small town. Um, protective, like paternalism, that that comes with 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 us. That that's the subtext or whatever. But the for Portland scene was always like when we came to town. Yeah, the crowd would still show up. Like, don't burn yeah. the wires. <laughs> Coming from the Northern California and Central California, we'd come up to Portland, and the shows would still be crowded, even if it was local kids, mm. and they would all be more than welcome, welcoming to every band that I worked with and came up here with. And it's something about the crowd in Portland was way different than, say, if we were in Arizona or some of the other states we went through. Portland had this genuosity, and the, 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 even the bands would stay around to watch the other bands that were playing. And I think that's what made Portland so special. I think you would find that in a lot of in a lot of places, though. They're, they're, the scenes they were that I'm finding were very much in a, a brotherhood situation where there were friends helping other friends or people knew, you know, whatever. So it was a, it was a, uh, a group of people trying to do one thing instead of, you know, like, you know, uh, separating those things. So I think that Portland was special in, in a few ways, but I, I think that everyone's scene might be, you know, uh, 
spoken out the same way, which is, you know, they started with some guys that saw some guys and then all of a sudden things started happening. I saw that happen in a lot of places, but they're... Yeah, the for, East Bay had that a little bit. The East Bay with Frank Tate from 5-Minute, he would always get... Yeah, 5-Minute Walk Records, there was a community there in Concord, California, uh, at The Scream, and mm -hmm. they were great people. They had their own kind of family. Yep. There was a bunch of people from down there John that Phyllis, were around, yeah. yeah. Betty Rocket Records, and then Frank Tate's 5-Minute Walk, and a lot of those guys uh, came through there. But we're not even there yet. Oh, sorry. We're not even there yet. <laughs> We're before that. We're back in Portland, back in the early 90s. Early. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I'm interested in. Where's my monks, guys? They're in the front. So, guys, we went, we went and we played. Can you, can you, come on. We went and we played and we, we actually got to go. Oh! And there goes the first. There goes the <laughs> microphones went off the table. Everything got spilled, but that's okay. We got cigarettes on the ground. Batteries going dead. No problem. I, I got it. I got it. I got it. Thank you. I know they're terrible. Thank you. You've been telling me that for years. So don't pull. Just come over here or something. So I'm in a, I'm in a, I, I got in a band uh, and I started, you know, I guess my musical thing here in Portland. I came from Southern California. I didn't know anybody, uh, you know, got into that and met you guys, started playing and started to really get into this world of these other musicians that were out there kind of doing the same things as we were. But you we four of us were on a trajectory we wanted i wanted to get signed i remember i think you and i ron went to knott's berry farm did we go to knott's berry farm and see the choir and turn in the uh we brought them our promo pack i think you did that i think you did that not alone somebody was with me i didn't uh, i don't remember that part i remember talking to uh i think it was dan and Derry. Yeah. on a conference call one night. But, I don't uh, remember that part, but I remember uh, going to Knott's Berry Farm and turning the promo pack and the demo tape into dairy and uh, hope, hopefully maybe seeing if they would put us on Glasshouse Records. Yeah. And they, we were rejected. They wanted to do the more singer-songwriter stuff. And uh, I'm going to interview Derry soon, so we'll ask oh. him about that. That sucker. <laughs> get him. Dairy. Mm -hmm. I saw him and mentioned it um, the last time a couple of years ago at this uh, prayer chain thing I did and uh, and I said you know my band came to you and we we brought all our stuff to Knott's Berry Farm and we went to the wagon train camp which you guys were at and we turned in all of our stuff to hopefully get our glass house records because we were good enough to do that come on oh yeah and <laughs> we got fun. nada nothing yeah. Yeah. Come on, that was lame. You're not supposed to say lame. I'm sorry, uh, that, that was not good for us, for sure. <laughs> it was lame, it was not good for us, for sure. But we went and got, we got to go do a lot of stuff on our little tiny label that wasn't really a label, right? It was just Scott James doing his thing. We got yeah. to go do a serious amount of stuff. I think my favorite in that whole era was uh, going to uh, Nashville. That was fun. And going to the record retail reception. And uh, Mark here saw one of his childhood favorites, Michael W. Smith. Oh, yeah. Oh. Over there. He's being a little facetious. Over there. Uh, He's a little aloof. We signed, signing autographs over mm -hmm. there at his table, which was right down from ours. Right. And so Mark goes up to him with that camera. Can I take your picture, Mr. Smith? Sure. And seriously puts the camera about a foot no, away no. from his face. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it, he got shoved into me the minute I took the picture, so I've got a picture. Oh, he got shoved into him. <laughs> Looking like he's about to be 
thrown off a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That's your Michael but, W. Smith story? Yeah, that's my best Michael. I have other, yeah. but... Um, Some involve Amy Grant, but... I will say one thing about Nashville real quickly. Yes, Nashville. Yeah. The, Tell me about uh, Nashville because that was great. It came up earlier when you guys were talking uh, about kind of the um, the incestuous, if that's the right word. Yeah, it is. Uh, oh, yeah. So we're All you guys are band whores. I'm not. Yeah. But uh, it, it didn't hit me. No one cares me. about me. You know, Mike, you're always asking, like, what makes this scene kind of special. And it didn't really hit me that there was that much special about the scene until we got to Nashville. And, I mean, that's Music City, right? I mean, there's a band on every block. And um, we showed up there, and I don't remember who got us that gig at the college. Marty Bush. Marty Bush. Marty Bush. Marty Mar Good old Marty Bush from uh, Moo Town Records. And Marty Bush. There were people in that crowd who, I don't even know where we were. I couldn't tell you where that was. It just someplace we drove to in the middle of the night and played yes. until the cops shut us down, I think. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but there were a couple people. I mean, that was a, a pretty good sized crowd and in Nashville. We're, in we're from Portland, Nashville. so yeah. yeah. And so you know, it it told me like they care about what's happening in Portland hmm. uh, in the Christian music scene, maybe the music scene as a whole. But I mean, that was a really fun show. It was a fun place to be. It was a fun time to be there. Uh, but I was surprised that just this little no name band, even most people in Portland don't know us, but they'd come out. You know, they were excited to see a band from Portland play. And then we went drinking and got in a fight. You went drinking and got in a fight. No, I, I wasn't the only one Mark, that went drinking and got in a fight. Was, it was you, me, and Kelly. Mark didn't it was, go. Mark wasn't involved Mark in it. I shamed you when you got back to the hotel and told me you got in a fight. Ah. Uh, it was a good time. So. We, we got in a fight in Nashville. But on a serious And note, we got in a fight at Satyricon, which okay, I, the, all I remember. Satyricon fight. All I, no, no, Satyricon <laughs> was the longest running Music club oh, yeah. on the West Coast for years, I think. Well, it's like the Portland CBGBs. I mean, it's... But it's, on the West Coast, yeah. I mean, in California, it was the longest running club for... And we went in there, and we got in a fight. Well, well we played there a few times, but... Uh, yeah, that we was... We were the bad boys. There was no, a we weren't the bad boys. We got in a fight, though. <laughs> Kelly got in a fight. There was a disagreement about who was going to go on first, and... Uh, for some reason, we were arguing to go on first. I guess so we could get out of there. And uh, Kelly and the guitars from the other band got into words. It was some shoving matches. And all I remember is when I went to get my kit to start setting up, I went to grab the bass drum, and Kelly had this guy's head yes. pushing it into the, I my remember, bass drum. I remember drums and a, another and guy and drum. getting... The head of the bass drum, and I said, hey, that's the only... Based on my, you I don't care about his head or what's happening. To <laughs> but we went up and played. We had a guy named Gunnar Simonson. Gunnar should be listening oh, to this. He should be here. Everybody right knows now. Gunnar. And Gunner's Gunnar busy. was, uh, I mean, he was a roadie, a fan of, you know, he'd do everything. He was a gopher, and he was great. But he was in he was in bands as he well. Was bands he was in a time. tons of bands, yeah. and he was an incredible bass player. Uh, Mike Watt from Firehose was his yeah. guy. Oh, like he time. was an incredible bass player. But he was there that night, and he uh, he sat up and guarded us on stage while the band in front threatened us with various gestures. And but there was enough alcohol going on that by the end of the night, Kelly and the guitarists were hugging it out, and they were bros and telling each other they were just monster guitarists and then we went home and and we were in rolling stone magazine we were uncredited but we were in rolling stone magazine Technically, i don't care if it's credited or not two inch square picture of us right. it might have even been that night madonna issue it no was sharon stone i thought it was madonna it was the best of uh, it was about the club itself satyricon but we happened to be playing that night which was a saint patrick's day Oh, wow. Like, hey, oh, St. Patrick's Day. But uh, just so happened they came out to the club to take Shoot pictures photos. of, of uh, everything that was going on around SatyrCon at that time, which is mainly Bruno getting in a fight with Rocky Bellotta, the Portland police officer. <laughs> Bruno. And uh, he, he just recently passed away. Rest oh, in peace, sorry. Bruno. Rest yeah, in peace, he, Bruno. He was, he was the, a legend. He was a legend. He was the Cheers to Bruno. greatest guy. Cheers. Cheers to Bruno. Skull. Skull. <laughs> oh, that was. 
I, I do want to make one point, though, about Nashville uh, <laughs> really opening my eyes. What I, what I thought was really, really fun was that I always thought that Gecko Monks were, you know, the, the band you could sometimes take to a church, but mostly you should just book them into just regular clubs. And Nashville really opened my eyes because as we're sitting at this, I don't, it might have only been two hours long, but it felt like six hours of people coming through the booths and, you know, taking demos and getting autographs and pictures and whatnot. And, you know, one at a time, we would each be coming up to the bar to get drinks <laughs> in the atrium of this hotel and running into Brian Quincy Newcomb from Harvest yeah. Times. And having him be up there smoking, drinking, swearing, just like the rest of us. And I was like, all right, I don't feel so black sheep in this Brian Quincy anymore. Newcomb. I remember that. Yeah. Good times. I, I, I always wished I could be in CCM magazine when we were, when our advertisement was in CCM. That was like, oh, that yeah. Was pretty cool. My face is in contemporary Christian music magazine. Yeah. That's the fucking shit. My mom right still there. has that pin to her fridge. I think. And how many miles away from contemporary yeah. were we? Hey, we opened for Sandy Patty. Yeah. No, that's, that never happened. All right. I have three out. Almost. I have two and a half hours that I have to edit. This is gonna suck to edit. You're gonna. Yeah. Good luck. It was, it's gonna suck more you than you. No. Yeah. Oh no. I have an idea. Let's. Uh, School. Uh, the the last thing again. I'm trying to stay before the push, before uh, sometime Sunday and Tom Fest and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I'm really intrigued by what was happening before that I, that I came here, when I came here, uh, and what had, has happened as transpired since then, and what I saw when I when I came here as a foreign guy from Southern California. Um, I didn't see anything. I, I really didn't see a family forming. I didn't. I wasn't able to see the things that were happening. I, I grabbed onto whatever I could because that was the kind of person I was. I really wanted to be involved in the Christian music scene. I didn't care about the secular music scene. I didn't care about anything else. I wanted to be in a Christian band that was signed. That was it. That was my thing. So. Uh, Coming up to Portland into a new world, meeting all of you, uh, sharing life with all of you uh, has been an extraordinary part of my journey. And I, I can't thank you enough for all of you being involved, every single one of you. And uh, thanks for letting me have a wonderful, I've had a wonderful life, really. And uh, I thank you all for it. And thanks for playing music with me. Thanks for being in bands with me. Thanks for letting me go places where I could never have gone myself. And we got to go do extraordinary things, which we'll get into on the next episode of Deconstruct Coming up. with Mikey Deconstructed. Bridges. Yay! Yay! All right, guys. <laughs> Cheers from cold and rainy Portland, Oregon. <laughs> See ya. I appreciate getting to be in a room with so many talented people each of them an influence on so many. It was truly a magical time for our little group in the early 90s, so much happening so quickly. Soon I'd find myself in a position to be able to build a home for all of us, a club in a 5,000 square foot basement of Arlita Baptist Church in Southeast Portland, The Push. That sweaty walled packed out venue put us on a map. The Push would see countless bands come through its doors and would ultimately lead to my first attempt at a music festival. But not before I got married for the first time, learned everything about Levi Jeans, dropped the college rock of the Gecko Monks to embrace grunge to its fullest, scream into a microphone and start my love of monster truck rock. <laughs> my band, Sometime Sunday, would prove to be more than a band for me. It would be very helpful in being a promoter and helping me to start TomFest, a multi-day Christian alternative music and arts festival. But beyond all of that, I did something I'd waited my whole life for, something I dreamed about more than marriage, more than musical aspirations. I fell in love like I never thought that I could. I had my baby girl, Shade. 
like Shade Under a Tree, S-H-A-Y-D-E, pretty name. And as I thought that there was no way to love anyone as much as I did her, here comes her sister. My second daughter arrived, Veronica. They completely changed my life in every possible way. I have always wanted to be a dad. Of all the things I've accomplished until now, my girls are far and above my pride and joy. I am grateful that these fantastic human beings made me a father and a grandfather. I hope you and your families are well. Cheers from Southern California. Are you still here? Hello? Why are you still listening? Well, okay, since you're here, let's go through hipsterific Portland Airport out of this 50 degree rainy weather and down to the best airport in these United States of America, the glorious Santa Barbara Airport, where there's never a line and you can bet that 99% of the time it's 70 and sunny. So, I don't know if you guys can hear me or not, but can you talk for a minute? I can't yeah. talk, but yeah, I mean, good. I think microphones are so far, no? Well, I can boost it later. You so. want me to sing? Yeah. Just sing some Russian songs for you? Yeah, sing me some <laughs> Russian songs. And I'll thank you. And you will have no audience for three seconds. So, walking through Portland Airport, it's really pretty. They're doing a, they're doing a new concourse on A. It's really pretty, lots of music. People are pretty cool. We're gonna go down and see Henry's Tavern. A lot of Oregon Duck stuff. I don't know, I don't get any of the sports things. I'm not a sportsy guy. I am. <laughs> oh yeah, let's look at that. There's a theater in here. I mean, not one you go pay for, like you, go and watch free movies. Short movies, I think, no? I think so. It's, let's see. So it's like a miniature Hollywood theater from the other district. Yeah, short oh, what are they playing? Huh? Short films, documentaries, music videos, animation, and more. Mm, cool. What's playing? Oh, they don't tell you what's playing right now. Let's look in here. Oh yeah, that's cool. Music videos. Okay, let's find something to eat. Oh look, that's cute. What's that? A windmill. Like art? Yeah. Looks cool. Okay. Cafe Yum. How come cricket is bigger than a cow? How come what? Oh, the cricket? I don't know. Maybe the sandwich shop looks good. Let's pull over to the side right here. Alright, maybe we're going to eat a sandwich and then get on our plane and go to Santa Barbara. <laughs> you have a pile of postcards at home you don't send anybody. You could open your own postcard them, shop. Right? But that's my goal. How do you know? No, well, then you're well on your way to your goal of having your own See? postcard shop. Right. What do you think? We should let's go check this out. Let's, I don't even know how it works. Hi. You guys have any questions? I'm not really a huge whiskey fan, but I was thinking about trying a flight or maybe the cocktail flight. What's the cocktail flight? So the cocktail flight are going to be four little mini cocktails like this guy here. They're cute, they're delicious. They're uh, all rounds. Interpretations of cocktails. Get old fashioned. Get a beautiful uh, kind of Kentucky mule going. Maybe a whiskey soda. Uh, interesting play on a whiskey oh, that's sour. That's nice. I like those. You want to do that? Let's do. Yeah. We'll do the. We'll do that. Sounds great, guys. So, uh, do we just go sit down and do it, yeah. or what? But what time are you guys boarding? Not till two thirty. Perfect. Uh, yeah, go ahead and pull up one of those high chop tables and bring it out to you. Thank you, sir, very much. You guys like any water? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Okay, whiskey flight. Yeah, except... Except you don't? 
I want to sit over here. Oh, yeah, this is good. Check, check, check. Wow. Okay, so we're lined up this way. Cool. Awesome, thank you. I appreciate it. All right, the first one is the old timber. I thought it said old timer, which was appropriate for me, but I thought this thing said old timer. It says old timber. And I liked old timer better. I thought you were a whiskey lady. This is good. It's strong. It tastes like earth and wood. The next one is the Frontier Buck, which is basically a Moscow Mule. Which one? The second. It goes down the line wow. here. Oh, what was here? The Passion Fruit Pop, which is oh, not non-alcoholic. <coughs> so I don't know what is it. Oh, this one I like a lot. It's a Moscow Mule with whiskey because it's ginger. But it's it's lighter and it's not sweet. That was Aaron Diello, and we passed by, and he said, "Hey, Mikey." Uh, that was Aaron. He uh, is the guy that runs and started Joshua Fest. We were bumping into him. Here. We went to Joshua Fest a couple years ago. It was 2018, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, 2018. It's the one by Sacramento. Well, not really, but outside. I liked it. It was cool. Yeah, they're great guys. They run a good show. It was actually my first and only music festival I've ever been to in my life, I think. <laughs> Not mine. Did you have a good time? Mm-hmm. That was cool. I like staying in the RV. RVs were fun. And they had showers on site, so it was easy just to go to the shower and then, you know, have some comfort in the RV. Wine bar, sandwich. One, but they only had the cafe, right? No, we were right here last so time we bar. were in Portland. I don't remember. Maybe it's because I had too much wine. <laughs> Cheers to a trip that was pretty good. Yeah, got a lot done. Mm-hmm. It was really fast. We got to go home, put Be this warm. thing together. Be warm and dry. <laughs> It wasn't too rainy. That's nice. Yeah. It was a little bit. But it was nasty still. It was gray. Yeah, but that's normal Oh, we here. had sunny day. We saw the sun. Mm-hmm. It was just cold. Mm-hmm. When the sun's out now, still cold. it's really cold. <laughs> if it's rainy, it's at least warmer, but it's wet. So you're kind of in a catch-22 there. But they're warming up now. It's spring. Santa Barbara, 72 and sunny, left 50 and raining in Portland, and got down here and it's nice. Got to go home and work on the next episode of Deconstruct, put that together. So, hope you guys are all doing well and hope you enjoyed yourself. Cheers from Southern California.